0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of James this morning and chapter number one, James chapter number one. And uh, I'd like for us to read down from verse 22 through verse 25. James 1 and uh, verse number 22. Now, after today, we're going to put our study on James on hold until the new year because we're entering into, of course, the Christmas season. And so over the next several Sundays, we'll bring messages that uh, are Christmas-oriented, you know, birth of Christ and all that kind of fun stuff. And so we'll put our study on hold here just for a few weeks, but we will get back to it uh, before long in the new year, which is just right around the corner, right? How about that? Happens this time every year, doesn't it? can't get away from it's kind of like birthdays you know you can't get away from them look at James 1 with me and let's read uh beginning verse 22 I'll read nice and loud and then you can just join me uh Bible says in verse 22 but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, that's key, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of His holy word. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever given any consideration at all as to what kind of Christian you like to be? Did you ever think about that? Think about it with me, just, just for a moment. What kind of Christian do you really want to be? What, what do you want to be like? Now, the answer to that is a real simple one. You can only be a good Christian because there's no such thing as a bad Christian. Isn't that Right? Think about it. What is a Christian? Well, a Christian is someone who emulates the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can't be a bad Christian. You're either a good one or you're not one. Right? Let me say it this way it's it's a possibility of being saved and not being a Christian. Go ahead and say, Say what? Say what? It's a possibility of being saved, not being a Christian. Look here. Being saved means this. You put your faith, your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He holds your eternity. Say amen right there. Amen. How many of us would say, Pastor, I know for a fact the Lord holds my eternity in His hands. Amen. I'm safe and secure because I'm in His hands. Right? Now, did you have to become a Christian to do that? No. No are you a christian after you do that careful no you're only a christian when you begin to live like christ now i know generally speaking when you go to the doctors or to the hospital or wherever you might go and you got to fill out that form and it talks about what religion are you you know christian muslim i'm not sure what they have on there today you know uh But, you know, just generally speaking, well, I'm not a Jewish person, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not Hindu, I guess I'm Christian. Why? Because we're supposed to be a so-called Christian nation, right? But in the Bible, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. In fact, the disciples, those followers of Jesus, weren't called Christians until a group of people in Antioch named them that. They labeled them as Christians, and so my question then is this, what kind of a Christian would you like to be? Well, the answer is there's only one kind of Christian to be, and that would be a, a good one, a world-class Christian, right? And in and, and our text in which we just read, James kind of outlines what a Christian should be like. And, and here's what he says, if I, if, I, if I can just summarize it. Here's what he says. Uh, someone who is born again, someone who is a Christian, someone who is a child of God should, now pay attention to this, should read the Word of God, and, uh, and, and and they understand God's Word. So they read God's Word, they understand God's Word, they apply God's Word. Are you with me? They read God's Word, they understand God's Word, they apply God's Word, and then and then they reap the blessings of God's Word somebody say amen that's good no amen that's good you, you got to pay attention now huh so James says this James says somebody who is a born-again child of God who is a Christian reads God's Word understands God's Word applies God's Word and then they're blessed by God's Word I like that don't you I do And and I think this, I think James wanted his readers to experience the rich blessings of the Lord upon their lives. In our previous study a few weeks ago, we we took a a look at verses 18 down through, I think, verse number 21. And, And in those previous verses, James speaks about having a receptive heart toward the Word of God. I'm not sure if you remember that study or not. But here's what he says, let every man be swift to hear, right? Slow to Speak slow to wrath. The idea is you ought to develop a receptive heart toward the Word of God. Now James goes on and takes that uh, just a step further, and he says not only is it necessary for you and I as God's kids to have a receptive heart, hearing God's Word, but also we need to have an obedient heart in obeying God's Word or following God's Word or doing God's Word. The idea then is this God expects us not only as His children to hear His word, but He expects us to do it. How many of us are parents? We expect our children to hear us and then obey us. Well, our relationship with God's no different. God expects you and I to hear His word and then obey His word, follow His word. Now, I know what you're thinking. What you're thinking is this. All right, so what's new about that? What's new about that is doing it. That might be a brand new concept for many of us, where we actually hear or receive God's Word, and then we apply it or we do it. Are you with me? And that's the expectation of God. So here's what James does for his listening audience, because this is a letter that he writes to people that I think I believe he pastored. These are Jews that were scattered abroad, who had their origin right there in the first church in Jerusalem. Because of persecution, they were scattered all over the place. And now he's writing them to encourage them. So they're born-again believers who were church members, and he's writing them and, and trying to encourage them to be the best Christian they can be. And he illustrates this truth for us by using Uh, something called a a mirror. Look at an object lesson in chapter number 1, verse 23. Look at it again. He says, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man. So he's now, he's going to illustrate, right? I, I like illustrations, don't you? I like when people can paint word pictures. Jesus was a master at that. You know, he told stories that, we call them parables. It was a story that you and I could identify with, but it had a heavenly truth. It had a biblical truth. It had a divine truth. It had an eternal truth attached to it. Well, James says this. Let me illustrate the truth. And he, and he says in verse number 23, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You see that natural face in the glass? We would, we would say it's like somebody who is looking into a mirror. Right, We all understand that concept, don't we? We understand the concept uh, of a mirror. The purpose, the whole purpose of a mirror is obvious. A mirror is for observation. Isn't that right? And I think it's probably something common to all of us, maybe the first thing we do after we wake up in the morning. Yeah. How many of us looked in the mirror this morning? If you didn't, we know you didn't. <laughs> Because you're everywhere. <laughs> but sometimes we'll look in that mirror first thing in the morning, and, uh, and man, it's almost like the mirror talks back to us. And I know for me sometimes when I look in the mirror, it says this, you're going to need a lot of work today. <laughs> you know? I, I said this before, I sleep with a down pillow. And, and it's almost like the pillow just, when I lie down, it just kind of wraps itself right around my head. And so, when I wake up, I look like an explosion, like something exploded in that pillow. And so, I look in the mirror, and I can almost positively say, you're going to need some work today. And so, I begin the process, and I'll fix my hair. Not a whole lot to do there, of course. I'll fix my hair, and, and then and some, 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 of, some, of us, some of us men and ladies shave our face. Uh, just teasing. Uh, I shaved my neck. I shaved my neck this morning. You know, I trim my beard down, uh, and then, then we try to we try to cover up all the blemishes. I'll be nice right there. We try to cover up all the blemishes, and and let's be honest. For some, it takes a little bit longer than others. Right? Uh, nonetheless, nonetheless. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, a mirror, now get this. Don't, don't miss this right here. A mirror will help us to evaluate what we look like on the outside. Did you get that? So when, when J- James says this, look at verse uh, 23 again. He says, uh, if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man, uh, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. And so a mirror, he's talking about a mirror, a looking glass, a mirror is used for observation, and when we look into it, it gives us a good picture of what we look like on the outside. But James is speaking about the Word of God. And so the idea then is this, uh, the Word of God will help us to see what we look like on the inside. Wow, thank you for that. One person got it. So when you look into a mirror, it helps you to see what you look like on the outside, and if you're a wise person, you'll see what you saw, and you'll make some adjustments. Right? Uh, Well, the Word of God, when you look into the Word of God, it's a mirror, and it helps you to see what's going on inside, on the inside. And when you approach the Word of God Correctly, it'll, it'll help you to see what you, you need to give attention to. Are you with me? What we need to give attention to. And, uh, and, and, and I think this I think that's how we should approach the Word of God. Amen. Every time you and I open up the Word of God, we should be saying, Lord, show me what I look like on the inside, and then help me to make the adjustments or the changes. Help me to do what's necessary. To do on the inside, correct? So, my question then is this this morning for us, and this is kind of the meat of the message how should we approach the Word of God? How should we approach uh, the Word of God? And and I think that's what this, this text is speaking about. James 1, verse 22 through verse 25 is a practical resource. I love practical resources. I like to look at something and immediately absorb it and know how I can use it. How about you? Well, this text of Scripture is that very thing, and I think this, I think we can look into God's Word, reflect on what we see, and then make the necessary changes if we know how to. Correct? So, let me help us this morning by looking at just one verse out of this text, and that would be verse 25. Look at it again. I'm going to pick it apart for us. It says in verse number 25 this, uh, look, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, let's take that Bible verse this morning and and, and just break it apart, because what I believe it'll do for us, it'll help us, it'll instruct us, it'll teach us how we can properly approach God's Word. Are you with me? Because really, it's not just about reading the Word of God. It's about the Word of God reading us. It's about looking into the Word of God and allowing it to share with you, with, with, with each of us, you know, exactly what's necessary in our lives. And then holding on to it and putting it into practice in our daily lives so that we can become what God would have us to be. And that is like the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's dig in. I want you to look first, if you would, at the word looketh. Look at verse 25, and the word look. But whoso looketh, looketh. I think this, I think what that word basically implies is investigation and research. And so, as we open up the Bible, and as we begin to read it, the idea then, but whoso looketh, the idea then is that we need to do some investigation. Are you with me? Huh? Uh, we, we, we need to look at, uh, and I think this, I think if you look at the word looketh, it means this, it means to stoop down and set our focus. Amen. You're aware of this. There, there's a difference between glancing and gazing. Say amen right there. Amen. Uh, when you just glance at something, you take a quick look. But when you gaze, you're fixed. I mean, your attention is fixed, right? Uh, last week, I happened to be walking past a mirror. In fact, I was in my, my bathroom at home, and I looked in the mirror, and I was heading to do something other, looked in the mirror, and all of a sudden I saw uh, like it was a cut on my forehead. And I just walked by, and, and I went back, and <laughs> what in the world did I do now? Man, my wife hit me again last night. when <laughs> I So as I was walking by, I glanced, and I... I Oh, it ever happened to you? But, but, but after it caught my attention, I paused and I began to gaze. My wife is tremendous at spotting money on a floor, on a sidewalk, in a parking lot, at the mall, in my wallet. I mean, she's good. I'm not kidding you. Just the other day, we were, we, 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 we were in our bedroom And I mean to tell you, I could not point out where it was. It was in a remote corner, Tyler, a remote corner. And she said, there's a dime, huh? There's a dime, where? Over there, where? By the way, I did pick it up last night and put it in my pocket. There's a time. But we've been walking down, I mean to tell you we walk through parking lots and all of a sudden I see her going over here and she'll 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 you know she'll glance and then all of a sudden she's gay five dollar bill. She's picked up a twenty dollar bill, right? I never find anything. I find nothing but trouble. So there's a difference between glancing and gazing. Are you with me? And the idea, James is speaking about, if you and I are going to approach, uh, approach the Word of God so that it becomes useful in our lives, we need to do a little investigation, a little research. More than just glancing, we got to gaze. And you know what that takes? It takes a bit more time. It takes a bit more time. It takes you and I setting enough time aside where we look at a text. And by the way, get this out of your head where you think reading the Bible is about the amount that you read. No, it's about not the, the the quantity, but the quality of your reading where you look in and you can just take maybe verses 22 through verse 25 and spend your morning after your day. You can spend a week on it because God has got a hold of your attention and now your gate, your research, you're investigating are you with me? Yes. Huh? Look here. You'll never be what God wants you to be without the help of this book. Amen. Just can't. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And your faith will only be as deep, as large, as powerful as the amount of Word you take in. So if you take in little Word, you'll have little faith. You take in more Word, you'll have more faith. You take in a whole lot of Word, you'll have a whole lot of faith. Amen. And it's faith of course, that operates the Christian life. Amen. Where does it begin? It begins where James says, but whoso looketh. And that means we've got to do a little investigation. Say amen right there. Amen. But let me point out another word. Look in verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. And by the way, if I had the time to really take this further, but it's already taken me forever to get through this text, that law of liberty there is the word of God. So, whoso looketh into the perfect law of God, or whoso looketh into the perfect word of God, and uh, what? Continues therein. Let's take that word, look at that word continue uh, with me. Uh, We might say this, in other words, he that looks into the word of God and does it, does what it says, or applies it. And so, the second thing James is speaking about here is this. Not only do we investigate the word of God, but we make application of the word of God. Say amen right there, class. We make application. The idea is this. Now, pay attention. The idea, see that word continueth or continues? The idea is this. We look into the Word of God. We investigate it. We research it, right? We see what's missing or what needs to be added or taken away or worked on. And then we make application. And we reapply. And we reapply. And we reapply. See, it's not a one-time situation. He that continueth therein. Hello? I I remember preaching the very first time I ever preached on John chapter 3, verse number 16. I remember preaching that. The very first time, Nathan, I remember preaching that. And then, then not long after that, six, eight months after that, I preached it again, but I preached it in a different way than I preached it the first time. And now I've been preaching for a few years, well over 35 years. And I've preached John 3, 16 many, 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 many times in many, 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 many different ways. Why? Because every time I read it and reapply it, something new happens. Something else happens. And the more I mature, the older I get in the Lord, the better I understand it, Tony. And as a result of it, man, that Bible verse now means so much more than the first time I heard it. Are you with me? And so James says this, you, 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 you research the Word, you investigate it, then you apply it, but when you apply it, you need to reapply it. Amen. Kind of like sunscreen. Last nine years of our lives, we lived in Florida, right? And, and I would put sunscreen on and go outside, start sweating, and whew, man, and guess what? Sunscreen's gone, so I'd have to reapply it. And the longer you stay outside in Florida, trust me, you got to reapply it same thing with the word of god we need to keep reapplying it and reapplying it james is encouraging us to obey god's word on a continual basis you know where he got that from he got it from jesus because jesus said this he gathers his disciples together early on in john chapter 8 verse 31 and here's what he said said jesus he said he said if you continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed if you continue in my word, then are ye... Look here, you're... anybody can be a flash in a pan. Anybody can be a, you know, a one-horse you know, one wonder, right? I mean, to tell you, anybody can have a good day, but just because you have a good day or you made one good decision doesn't mean you're successful. Success is based upon a series of good decisions, a series of good days, Come on church huh so james says you need to apply the word you need to continue in the word of god so what does that what does that look like in real life that's the question what does that look like in real life well here's what it looks like in real life you read god's word you understand god's word you apply god's word and that changes everything for example you go to work every day well most people do we work at something there's some people just work at being lazy. We're living in a society now where nobody wants work, and that's why we can't get parts to anything. Right? You know? Uh, so, but we work at some. So, uh, you read the Word of God, you apply the Word of God, you go to work, and you go to work with a different attitude. Help me here. You don't go to work no longer saying, well, I hate this stinking job. I hate everything about it. I hate the people. I hate what we make, I hate what we do, I hate the parking lot, I hate the time clock. (laughs) You know? There's a lot of people who live life like that every day. Huh? But now, you read the Word of God, you apply the Word of God, you understand the Word of God, and you go to work with a different attitude. How does this apply in real life? Doesn't mean you sprout wings, or a halo pops up over your head, and you start to be angelic. (laughs) No. No, you just, you just got a different attitude. You're going to work with a different attitude. I thank God I got a job. I can pay my bills. I can feed my family. Help me here. Uh, every day we usually interact with other people. Right? Interaction with other people. So you read the Word of God. You, you apply, the, you understand the Word of God. You apply the Word of God. You begin to re- interact with other people, but you do so with a different attitude. Huh? Are you with me? Do I have to labor this point? So, what does it look like in real life when I apply God's word? It changes everything. It changes everything. Uh, You respond to circumstances with a different attitude. Oh, come on, you got to get this, church. You serve the Lord with a different attitude. You know, I used to serve people, uh, serve, serve the Lord, servant church with people who, I'm telling you the truth, they coined it, they live this phrase, the ministry would be great if it weren't for people. And there are some people that go to church that serve God that are more interested in those pews and these lights in this building than they are you. But the ministry's people. It's not programs. It's not properties. It's people. And yes, people carry a lot of baggage. I used to say this all the time. I used to say, Lord, I want to follow you. And every once in a while, I would find myself in the mess of somebody else's life. I mean, right in the middle of it, man. And I I mean, to tell you, I had no intentions of doing this. I was minding my own business. And all of a sudden, somebody's telling me their story, and it's a terrible story. You know? I mean, somebody visits church. Here's a wonderful couple. They visit church. Look at this. I say to Brother Tyler, Tyler, look at that young couple, man, we got to get them. And lo and behold, I'm standing out in the lobby, and, and this young man says to me, hey, Pastor, uh, would you, if you've got a chance, do you think you can stop by and see my wife and I? Sure. I'd be want to come home with you now. <laughs> I'd love to. And man, yeah, we make a day. I'm going over. And I say to Tyler, I'm going to go visit this young couple. We're going to get him into the church. He looked, they look swell. It's going to be great. And I sit down in the living room, and she says to me, would you, would you, we're, we're, we're from down south, would you like some sweet tea? That's called iced tea up here. And, and I'll say, that would be wonderful. And, 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 you know, little kids are running around, and all of a sudden, dad says to the little boy, all right, take your little sister now, go into the other room. And we want to talk to the pastor. And I'm saying, Man, this is good. I know they're going to, they love our church. They love my preaching. I know it. Yeah. This is going to be wonderful, and, and, and we begin to talk, and all of a sudden, they put their head down, and he says to her, you want to tell them? She says, no, you go ahead and tell them. And he says, are you sure? And I'm saying, uh-oh. And they begin to share how, you know, they've fallen out of love with each other, and, and uh, they're struggling, and, you know, he's got his eye on somebody, and she's got her eye on somebody, and I'm saying, Lord, what in the world am I doing this, and here's what he says to me didn't you say you wanted to follow me did you get that did you get that story so why am i in the midst steve we talked about this recently why am i in the midst of somebody else's mess simply because i'm following jesus and jesus loves them and wants to fix them and he wants to use me as a conduit to do it are you, are you with me so when you read god's word and understand god's word and apply God's Word, it changes your attitude about everything, even serving God. Let's move on. Look at that verse again. He says in verse number 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, look at this next statement, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. Let's pause for a second. Let's take a look at that. He talks here about remembering, remembering, remembering what you heard. And just to go along with the really nice way of of investigation application let me let me call this memorization we remember how god spoke we remember what we saw as we read god's word are are you with with me someone said this the best way to remember something is to think about it for a while huh best way to remember something is to think about it. I promise you I can do this, and I'm not bragging, but it's just the, the ability that God has given me, and it's, it's kind of as I'm getting older, I'm losing it a little bit. But Dave, if you, if you gave me four or five numbers right now, I'll repeat it back to you as soon as you give them to me and keep doing it. I have a temporary photographic memory, and that's how I can remember names so well and things of that nature. But the way I do it is just think on it. Just think on it. You know, uh, we'll, be, we'll be, we were checking on some flights the other day. They gave me, they gave me uh, five letters. It was Q, Z, whatever it was, you know, and, and I had to put it in and then the uh, computer shut down, had to go back. And man, just like that, those five, those five letters just came right back. And the idea is this, if you really want to, if you really want to remember something, you just need to think about it for a while. Here's proof. The psalmist said this Psalm 1, verse 1, verse 2. He talks about this. He he says, But his delight, talking about the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate, help me, day and night, day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. And in his law does he meditate day and night. In other words, he's trying to memorize. He's trying to fix his mind, focus his attention on God's word. Why? Because it changes everything. And I think this, I think, folks, look here. We need to remember what God has said. It's amazing how we can remember other things. I've always, I've always marveled at people who say this, Christian folk who say this, I just can't memorize scripture. But you have everything else memorized huh you ask certain men their favorite team and they can tell you (laughs) batting averages i was out with some of our team boys yesterday man alive i'll tell you what these kids know sports huh i mean they were rattling off all these different things who's best player best this best that huh it doesn't take much you just think about it for a little bit and of course young minds are wonderful right but here's what Paul said. Paul said he gives good counsel. He said in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, he said, Finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good rapport, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. Think on these things. So, the idea is this. So, pay attention now. We, we read God's Word. We investigate. We research we begin to apply it, and then we remember what it says. But go back, if you would, one verse. Again, go back to that memorization, please, guys. L- look what he says, and I have it underlined. A forgetful hearer, but a doer of the what? Word. Of the what? Oh, All right, think about this. I know it's just a change of word, but it's also a change of thought doers of the word and then doers of the work and so you read the word you understand the word and then you put in the work that's necessary to become like him somebody say amen right there are we putting in the work are we putting in the work look here my, Don and I have been married for a pretty good long time, and I think we have just a stupendous marriage. I mean, to tell you, it's, it's wonderful. We don't have fights. Uh, I do, but I fight with myself because she won't fight back. <laughs> That's the worst part about it, you know. I get all mad and flustered and yell, but she, doesn't walk, she walks away, you know. Um, there's a little bit of truth to that, and, you know, the truth about being her walking away. Uh, <laughs> that really is the truth. You know, but, but in our lives, we have to come, we have to, come to a place where we, we're willing to put the work in. We've put the work in. We've put the work in. Are you with me? It's not just because we got saved. We've put the work in. You know, I'll never forget when we became empty nesters. I used to preach about this all the time. I used to preach to our families that, hey, if mom mom and dad, if you build your life around your children, when your children are gone, you're going to be strangers. And that's what we do most of the time. We forget about date night. We forget about, you know, being romantic. We forget about, you know, why? Well, we're busy. We got soccer games and football games and school plays and church events and it's kids, 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 kids. Then the kids grow up, move away. And you say, who are you? I used to preach it. Steve, I used to preach that. And guess what happened? My daughter, Amanda, who's our youngest, went to college. And, and we looked at each other like, and who are you? And who are you? And we, honestly, we were, we had, to, we had to discover ourselves again. And we put some work into it, didn't we? We put some work into it, you know, because we were just, we're living for the kids. And are you with me? takes work. It takes work. And Paul says this. Paul goes on and he says in verse number nine, whatsoever things are, he's, you know, put this work in, think on these things. And, and he says, the things that you have heard and seen, things that, that, that I've told you, just go ahead and do it. Just do it. Just do it. What are you waiting for? Just do it. And then the last part of this in verse number 25, he says, This man shall be blessed in his deed. Huh? This man shall be blessed. The blessing. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Right? So James says, what does a Christian look like? Well, a Christian looks like this. He's somebody who reads God's Word, understands God's Word, applies God's Word, and is blessed by God's Word. Reaps the blessing of God's Word. So my question is this, what, what, what do these blessings look like, right? What do they look like? Some would have us to believe this. So if we follow that scenario, you read the Word of God, you understand the Word of God, you apply the Word of God, you're blessed, those blessings look like this. Here's an idea. If you give somebody $10, you're going to get 100 bucks back. Huh? If that were the case, I'd be standing at Walmart right now, giving as many people as I can see $10. Uh, if, if you show kindness to others, well, then others will show kindness back to you. Some would have us to believe that if you, if you just forgive others, others will forgive you. But you're not going to find that in the Scriptures. It's great sentiment, but that, 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 the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say if you give 10, you're going to get 100. Bible doesn't say if you're kind, you're going to get kind or forgive you. It doesn't say that. Not at all. In actuality, In real life, it doesn't work that way. If we obey the Word of God, listen carefully, He's going to bless us somehow. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. This man shall be blessed in his deed. How's he going? Well, it may be financial. It may not be financial. I know, listen, I know a lot of Christian folk who walk with God. I mean to tell you they're much holier than I am, but they don't have two pennies to rub together. They don't have any. They're happy. I mean, to tell you, they don't know how poor they are. I've been to third world countries. I mean, to tell you, I've been to some places where they don't even qualify for poverty. But they're happy. They go to church as often as they can. They read the Word of God. Are you with me? Uh, listen, uh, you, you may have good health. You may not have good health. I know a lot of Christian folk who, I mean, every, the, the body's falling apart. Hello? Hello? Young people, 20-year-olders and 30-year-olders and 40-year-olders, bodies falling apart, they love God. They're not living in sin. So if you read the Word of God, you're going to get blessed. That means you're going to have great health and great looks and great money, drive a nice car, live in a big house. And Why? Because I'm reading the Word of God. I'm applying the Word of God. God's going to bless. No, that's not what that means. He may bless you financially, may not. May bless you with good health, may not no however however you'll 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 have you'll be able to tap into some real peace and have real joy and have abundant influence in other people's lives and have courage to do what god wants you to do are you with me see when god said remember remember book of joshua chapter number one this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate, and thou mayest deserve to do all according to written therein. For then thou shalt have, listen to it, good success. Look, there's success, and then there's good success. Right? The world can give you success, but it can't give you good success. Good success comes from God. No strings attached. No baggage with it. <laughs> Amen. That's just good stuff. I I think of the song, and I'm finished. I think of the song, Trust and Obey. Remember that song? Listen to just just this chorus, this verse. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His goodwill, He abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. The chorus, best part of it, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. (laughs) Amen? Cute little song, huh? I don't know why people hate hymns. I just don't understand why people are so against hymns. There's so much truth. There's life-changing truth right there. Life-changing truth. You can't say it any better. We're talking about somebody who composed him, who realized the best way to live my life is just to trust him and obey him. That's what James says. Just trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And so the conclusion, it's simple. Here it is. You ready? Real faith does what God's Word says and experiences the blessings from it says it all, doesn't it? Real faith does what God's Word says and then experiences the blessings of it. And so receiving the Word of God is not enough. We need to become a doer of the Word, a doer of the work. Let me ask you this. How does this become personal for, for you and I today? Hmm? What, what are you going to do with this right now? How does this become personal? So you just heard, you heard uh, forty. Minutes of me sharing God's Word, divine truth, right? Unless you do something with it, nothing will be done with it. Look here. The Spirit of God in you is not going to take it and do anything with it. That's your part. That's our part. The Spirit of God will help you understand it, but you and I, we've got to apply it. So what part of this, how are we going to make this personal this week? And a follow-up question would be this, what kind of a Christian do you really want to be? Approaching God's Word will help. Amen?
0: Thanks again for watching us online today.